Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hsc.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. Now, you will have heard on the news yesterday that concerns are being raised that schools may not be able to reopen in September because of the two-metre rule, but also another issue that is affecting uh, both schools and will affect students as well is that of newly qualified teachers because those teachers who've been involved in what's known as the DRIHID process have found themselves at a particular disadvantage because they've been told by the teaching council that all the hours that they've been putting in teaching remotely now don't count towards the probation period meaning that they're going to have to start all over again in September. I'm joined now to discuss this by Amy, Amy Birmingham, who's a newly qualified teacher from Limerick. And we'll also be chatting to Joe Lyons, who is principal of St. Nationals, the National School in Bally Brown, St. Joseph's there. Amy, are you with us this morning? Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. So, Amy, tell me, when did you qualify? So I qualified um, last August and I would have graduated in November. OK. And where, where did you study? I studied with Hibernia, so I actually did the professional master's in primary education. Okay, so uh, what happens after that? Explain this DRIHID process to me. So DRIHID is a new phase um, for induction phase for a newly qualified teacher. And it lasts 60 days consecutively at primary level, either in a mainstream classroom or in a special educational setting. So the NQT works closely with two experienced members of staff. So we would call them the professional support team, the PST, who went and did about four days training um, to actually guide us through this process. So it would be a strand day, which would be school-based. That would be our teaching. And they would actually observe us, um, come into our classroom and observe us. And then strand B would be professional learning activities. So we'd go and upskill. We'd go and do another course just in the area that we, we felt that we went a little bit down in. Right. And all of this is, you have to build this up in order to become qualified or are you qualified before you do it? So I'm qualified before I do it, but in the eyes of the teaching council, our registration with them is conditional. Okay. So um, until we get those 60 days completed and signed off, where our registration is still conditional. So how many days had you completed before all of this pandemic hit? So I had just reached over the halfway point. I was at 32 days on the 12th of March. So it's just over the halfway point. And you would assume, having done those 32 days, that, you know, while it's annoying that you have to wait because schools have shut down, that you could pick all up where you left off, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah you'd think that, um, especially when we're remotely teaching from home, you'd think that our days would actually count towards this process. But it, they don't. And why is that? Um, being honest, we're not 100% sure. Um, we just got... So on the 30th of March, we actually received an email from the Teach Council saying that they were reviewing the situation, given the exceptional circumstances, and that they'll be in contact as soon as they could to, um, to finalise the solution and that no teacher was disadvantaged by the unprecedented break. But last Friday, the 22nd of May, they... They updated us with interim measures and they categorised us into three groups. So group one were teachers that have completely 
finished the process, had their 60 days done and had Jan B done. Group two were then um, people that completed the 60 days but hadn't strand B done. And then group three were the ones that failed to complete the 60 days due to the school closure and that the days up to the 12th of March would be banked and we'd have to reapply when we secure another employment to finish the remaining days. Like, they didn't give consideration for the people that fall under less than 10 days because I know a few of my past, like my classmates, they had less than 10 days to do and there was no consideration. They were just told they have to reapply in September when they get a new employment. That's very frustrating. A little bit, yeah, because I f- personally I feel undermined and that the work that I've done remotely teaching from home is not being counted and it's not being acknowledged at all. And yes, the school is benefiting from you doing this, I would imagine. And the children are benefiting from you doing this remote teaching. Of course, yeah. The children are trying their best at home. Now, given the, the circumstances, are, are probably different Different things are going on, but things are being sent to the children and we're trying our very best because at the end of the day, on the 12th of March, we were told at 12 o'clock that the schools were closing. We weren't giving a couple of days now, I do understand it's a global pandemic, but just the fact that it was so short notice and we just literally had to change our jobs completely come the next day. And what's been your own experience of teaching remotely? How have you found it? At the very beginning, I found it tough. I Just the position I'm in, um, I'm teaching in a special educational setting, so... I just found it very, very different because I would have such a structure in the classroom that that structure was completely changed. So I find this, I find at the start, I'm getting used to it and through the Zoom is actually very beneficial. And do you get good interaction with your students through it? Yeah. They, they even light up when I play a morning song or something like that. So something that's familiar to them, you can see the difference. Yeah, but obviously the the interaction is very... It has to be limited because they don't have the same interaction with each other. No. And, and, and I actually think kids do learn from each other as well. It's not just from the teacher. Yeah, of course they do, yeah. Okay, I'm going to bring in Joe Lyons here, who's principal of St. Joseph's National School in Ballybrown. Good morning to you, Joe. How are you? Hello. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Um, what did you think of what Amy was saying there about, you know, the, the situation that newly qualified teachers have been placed in? There she is doing her very best to teach students remotely, um, using the new technology, as all teachers have been put in. And, and yet this this experience, it seems like the Teaching Council isn't going to value it. Yeah, well, I can feel Amy's frustration there definitely because I've seen it firsthand the hard work that um, newly qualified teachers do. And it can be very difficult to get through the induction and probation stage because you do have to get 60 days you know, of a block in the school, plus you have to attend uh, in-service. There are 10 different modules you have to attend. There are a lot of hurdles to jump. I suppose it's, it's, a, it's an unprecedented situation, and they are interim measures. And I would hope that the Teaching Council would listen to the the representations made by the NGO members on the Teaching Council and that they would look to have um, a bit more flexibility than there is at the moment. 
I should say at this point that we did invite the Teaching Council to come on um, to, to put their case to us, but uh, they said they had nobody available for our interview this morning. Uh, can you think, Joe, of any particular reason why they might have made this decision? Well, you know, I'm, I think the Teaching Council are the best people to speak about that, you know. Okay. I mean, I think what I would say is that uh, I, I agree so much with Amy that, um, you know, remote learning was just landed on us you know, 12 o'clock on the 12th of March and it was a huge challenge and people had to adapt to it and, and parents had to adapt to it and, you know, teachers had to find what worked for the children they have in their in their class, you know, and maybe special ed teachers had to take a different approach and it, it presented huge challenges and it's a great tribute. I can see, for instance, now that the system we use in my school is that um, I'm registered as the principal in it so I can see the work that's going on in all the different class groups and it's a brilliant work going on. And, um, and is it know, fair to say, though? Is, is it fair to say, though, that while some people have adapted brilliantly to it and are thriving under the the new system, there are many, many others that are struggling with it. There are, of course, without a shadow of a doubt, there are, there are, and you know, there are all kinds of issues. I've spoken to parents, and you know, and parents in in different schools now, and they have said, well, you know, we're both working from home, and. You know, we have two laptops going to the kitchen table and then we have children there saying, I have to get onto my seesaw or class dojo or whatever. And then, you know, children maybe with special education needs, they'll find a different challenge as well. And look, children who suffer from anxiety, they miss the, the structure of school and they miss the friends and everything, you know. And look, the longer it goes on, the tougher it is. There's no doubt in the world about it. You can't replace the actual, you know, um, hands-on, face-to-face situations that you get in the class where children meet their friends. And I mean, look, let's be honest, children look forward to going to school so they meet their friends and that they can they can have fun with them and they can share all the experiences this time of the year more than any other time. I mean, this time of the year we'd be looking forward to, or we'd be at the Limerick City Sports in UL, we'd be looking forward to the hurling matches, we'd be getting ready for the school tours, the graduations. You know, it's just, it, you can't just replicate that by... Uh, remote learning. No, Zoom is certainly no substitute for things like that. Uh, Joe, with the news yesterday that the INTO are saying that schools may not be able to open at September if this two metre yeah. uh, rule remains in place. I mean, we are seeing it all over Europe that schools are reopening. Um, why do you think we could be in a position that comes September, which is months away, we might still be looking at not being able to do that? Well, I, I heard Joe, uh, Joe McHugh uh, last night saying that he, he was committed that every child would be back in September. But at the same time, he was, um, I think he was being realistic and saying he couldn't guarantee it. Um, I suppose the first thing is that any decisions to reopen the primary schools, they'll have to be led by the public health advice, really. And um, I suppose the other thing is that, you know, it's comparing us with other countries in the EU, is 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 a really at the heart of it all, because we have the largest class sizes in the EU, especially since Brexit, and um, that's that's the the you know if you have fifteen children in an average class in Denmark, and you have twenty percent of the children in Limerick City are in classes of over thirty, then you know you social distancing. Look, it's obvious it's a huge problem, and uh, if the social distancing remains at two meters, and even if it goes down to one meter. It's going to be very difficult. And as well as that, you've got to realise, Gillian, that whatever about secondary schools, 
you know, we have children starting school next September and they're four, four and a half years of age. So we're dealing with children from four to 12 and trying to enforce social distancing and all the other protocols around around just, uh, you know, proper hand hygiene and sanitation and so on. Children of that age is, is very is going to be very challenging, you know. Yeah, it, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm constantly looking for silver linings in all of this, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, is that potentially one of the silver linings? W- would you have any faith, Joe, that this may finally be the lesson that our lawmakers and our legislators w- will learn that we cannot continue to have class sizes the way they are going into the future? And this might be the impetus to encourage them to reduce them. Well, Julian, all I can say is that I have been teaching for four decades and since the day I first went to an IGO meeting, I've heard about class sizes and I have heard, you know, ministers 20 years ago when the economy was on the up saying that every child under the age of eight would be in a class of less than 20 and so on. And, you know, it hasn't happened. And when we have had Celtic Tigers and the economy is flying, still class sizes haven't been reduced. Yeah, but we've great roads, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we do, we do, definitely. Yeah, well, you see, that, that maybe tells you something about our priorities. And you see, I hate to say it, Julian, but that's one of the challenges that we face next September. And um, Amy will tell you now as a newly qualified teacher that, you know, newly qualified teachers are in huge demand at certain times of the year. And if we go back to school in September, and if teachers are sick, trying to, you know, I'm not actually, believe it or not, under the Department of Education rules, a teacher has to be out for three days before you're entitled to get a substitute for them, unless that teacher actually goes to the doctor on the very fourth day and gets a cert. So therefore, I may have 30 children in a class, and if a teacher in another classroom is sick, then I have to divide those, the 30 children in her class between other classes too. So you finish up with more than 30 children in a class. There are so many different challenges to be faced by this this uh, COVID outbreak. And look, none of us could have anticipated it. There's no doubt in the world about it. Amy, Amy, Amy was there last last February and she was set fair to be fully probated, fully inducted, you know, by the end of June, which would be brilliant. And suddenly this bolt comes out of the blue. Yeah. Amy, listening to Joe there, and I have to say, Joe is always very positive, even when he's talking about uh, the problems within the teaching world and the, the, the schools and all that. He, he just has a positive can-do attitude to things. But listening to him, uh, you know, as a young person starting out, do you ever have any second thoughts? Not at all. Um, I, I I didn't always say as a child that I wanted to be a teacher, but as I grew up, I knew definitely the more I worked with children or went in and did experiences, um, I just loved it. I love standing in front of that classroom and I love working with kids. Well, that's fantastic because that's the kind of teachers that we need and particularly at a time like this when we know all the kids are struggling. Amy, we will get back in touch with the Teaching Council because we are going to look for an answer as to why those 32 days that you've already completed um, aren't, doesn't look like that they're going to be counted and we wish you the very best with your career. We hope you'll stay in touch with us. Um, as well about your progress and Joe, uh, always a good friend of the show here, uh, we hope you cope with the summer of no GA we'll be talking a little bit more about the GA so do stay tuned for the programme uh, later on this morning, Joe Lyons, Principal of St Joseph's National School in Brown. thanks very much 
Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.